DJ Tens of thousands on my right, thousands by my side War between good and evil, watching our fists collide Battle for our freedom now, to the streets we ride Flags waving all around, pages full of pride This is where we make a stand, no more give or take They want to use violence on Americans We want freedom We want peace We want freedom We want peace We want freedom We want peace Enough with tyranny We come to take our country back For all citizens White, red, brown, or black Return it to a form of glory Fix the bloody crack On the crown Fetch it down It's going down She warned me that this day would come I'm like my father, go to combat with the blazing guns I survived that, then I came back, took the place I'm from To face off all these haters and the battle in the place I love You can't break me down, I'm indivisible You still see my raps if I was invisible That pepper spray tastes like chicken An update to the prayers received on my Give, Send, Go. Mel, born for this, says, Prayers up for Pastor Kevin. Thanks, Mel. He needs it. Right before that, Pastor Kevin says, Sorry to burst your Christo-fascist bubble, but God is not on your side. I feel bad for the Lighthouse Church, Pastor Kevin. Pastor Kevin then also says, The DOJ will shut Joseph's pie hole. I think Pastor Kevin felt like he was being clever there. Jane Schmidt says, God set this righteous man free. Thank you, Jane. I have a prayer from Japan. It is in Japanese. Could try to translate. Uh, I believe it says, I am praying that this difficulty will be carried out. So, praying for an end. Thank you. Jenny says, we love you and are praying for God's hand to be on you during your trial. Another prayer from Japan, from Takashi, three prayer hands. Kathy Weekly sends, St. Michael, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into... Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. May God bless you and your family. I will keep you in my prayers. Do not give up hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We know who wins. Amen, Kathy. Thank you. Roz Dixon says, May the Lord vindicate you. Shalom, shalom. Thank you. Peace be unto you as well. Pastor Kevin. Mm, this should be interesting. We're all praying that Pianon gets the maximum sentence for his sedition. Thanks, Pastor Kevin. Wayne Brohart, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. God give you courage and a peace that passes understanding. Thank you for standing strong. God wins! Exclamation point. You will be vindicated. Blessings and prayers. Thank you, Wayne. Pastor Kevin, 
apparently this, his prayer is, we need to revise election laws in our country to keep dangerously losers like you from voting. Apparently, we need to revise education as well. Your grammar is not pristine, sir. I actually sent in a prayer. It says, I pray for those that persecute my brothers and sisters in Christ for their presence at the Capitol. I pray that their hearts will soften, eyes open to the truth of God's glory, and their ears hear the pleas for mercy. I pray that my persecuted brothers and sisters will soon know the joy of redemption, exoneration, and freedom. I pray that they can feel the warm embrace of their loved ones again in the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Pastor Kevin then says, make America great again. Lock pie up. <laughs> I find humor in that. He uh, apparently is not a pro-MAGA movement American, but yet he, he decided to use make America great again. I got to agree with you that Kevin, not with the lock pie up part, because I never condone incarcerating innocent Americans. Sharon says, I never thought I would see this in the USA. I know why the government is doing it, but don't know what God's plan is. I have endured many difficulties in my life and grown, but never anything close to what the Jan 6 prisoners are going through. I pray these people are freed and their families are holding up. I wish I could do more. They are very brave. God bless you, Sharon. Uh, Texas Patriot says, I am so sorry for the injustice you and the others suffer. And who comes to your rescue? Not our leaders, not politicians, not police. I pray that our Lord God in heaven above comes to your rescue. I pray that he opens doors to bring about the justice you deserve. I pray that those responsible for the evil treatment you and others have received will get their justice, if not in this world, after. I pray for strength for your family and for you to hold your head high knowing, in all capitals, you did nothing wrong, multiple exclamation points. I pray your guardian angels protect you against these evil people that treat you so unfairly. I pray God gives you comfort knowing that one day this too shall end and justice will prevail. Thank you, Texas Patriot. God bless you. Tony says, praying for God to be in the midst of this horrible tragedy and that the new house speaker will be able to release you all soon. Thanks, Tony. We're hoping for that too. We're down into the area where Pastor Kevin went on his praying spree. So I'm going to skip past these. I seem to be a favorite of his, which I find hilarious because that means that I live rent-free in his head. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Pray for Pastor Kevin and definitely pray for anybody that goes to the Lighthouse Church because they are obviously being misled. I hope they can find a way to get closer to God and far away from Pastor Kevin. Pastor Kevin, we pray for your redemption, sir. But I cannot help but say thank you so very much for you beautiful patriots that send words of love and encouragement. It is deeply appreciated. God bless you all. All right, fam, I am here with a wonderful patriot by the name of Gina Bisignano, who has been persecuted and prosecuted because of her presence at the Capitol on January 6th. Um, Happy New Year's to you, Gina. I'm hoping 2023 will be a great blessing for you and for all of us. Me as well, and for you as well, and I and I feel that it will be. Well, certainly appreciate it very much, ma'am. So, 
let's get down to brass tacks. So you were in D.C. on January 6th. Uh, yes, sir. Did you go to Trump's speech at the White House Ellipse? Absolutely. That had been my third time. There was one in November, December, and, and I was there at 6.30 a.m. in the mud. Oh, wow. Mm. It was freezing cold that day, too. <laughs> Wasn't it? In, Absolutely. Oh, my God. It was that was my first time I, I had Jameson's, a little shot of Jameson's, because I had to go to the liquor store and go, what can I take? He's like, here, take this, you know, at that corner store. It was so cold. I was like, I put it in my coffee. I'm like, oh. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, freezing. And, so for, um, the, for our listeners, um, let us know, what was the atmosphere like down at the Ellipse? It was amazing. I mean, they were singing that song, uh, Daniel, by Elton John, and Goodbye, No, Jean, you know, and the whole crowd was singing, and we were crying, and I've never felt so proud to be American, an American in my life. I looked around, and I can swear there was two million people. It was families and kids and patriots. We were just all hugging each other, and it was amazing. And the speeches were just incredible. And finally, of course, Trump's speech was amazing. But I did feel a defeat that day in his voice. So when he gave the final speech, I felt something um, in his voice. Yeah. That that concerned me. Like, we were not going to have that election looked at. Like, that, that was it. I just, I don't know. So, yeah. It was, it was a pretty, it was a patriotic day and people were happy and just nobody had any weapons or any malintent that I could see. Um, it was just, a, the, the mall the night before was packed as well. It was just a, a gathering, an American peaceful patriotic gathering. And so um, did you, did you stay for all of Trump's speech? 100%. A, a lot of folks that are under persecution from the government actually stayed for the entire speech, but a majority of the malfeasance that is shown all over the news happened long before Trump's speech was over. Um, so that's just, I was curious if you had, uh, if you had stayed for the whole thing or, or not. So he said, we're going to take a walk over to the Capitol and peacefully and patriotically let our voices be heard. And I followed and I peacefully and patriotically began to proceed, which I silly, I go, I'm going to the White House. Like, you know, that's how silly I am sometimes. And I proceeded to walk over to the Capitol and in the crowd, I remember a pro-life group and kind of staying close with that group and looking at all those pictures of those mutilated organs and parts and crying as I was walking and saying, Lord, you know why I'm here. And I feel vindicated when I looked at those pictures of those slaughtered babies. That was, that's my main, main um, objective to get that out and to stop Planned Parenthood. And, yeah, that's uh, an absolute scourge. And the fact that uh, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, that is monumental and historic uh, to helping to protect life. So, you know, God smiled on America that day, I believe, and hopefully we can keep that trend going of bringing our nation back towards um, the America that we all 
that we all expect. In God we trust. Right? Amen. Our, our forefathers set out a constitution to protect the United States, the people of the United States. And now the government took over as if like we're China, communist China. So on your way down to the Capitol, once you actually arrive, um, where is where at the Capitol were you? Okay, so I was in the West Tunnel area. As I proceeded towards the Capitol, I, I was there alone, but I saw people from where I lived, which was amazing. Because I said, I'm going to just keep walking, walking up until they don't let me in anymore. I'll just go as far as they allow me in. So I proceeded and all of a sudden there was these steps and the barriers were already broken down and we just start running, running. And I have pictures of us all running up the steps. And I remember going, F you, Joe Biden, <laughs> um, you're not going to take away our country, you know, my little rhetoric. And um, I remember and the cops just stood there with the tear gas and didn't say not to go. They just let us walk right by. I was shocked. So we went and all of a sudden there's the tunnel and we were like, stop the steal. And the men were trying to like open the door and all of a sudden the door popped open and there was about 200 stormtroopers there, Capitol Police, 200, I don't know, that many, but there was a lot. And Duke, who I'll never forget, an older gentleman, um, we were like, we just want our voices heard. This is our country we have the right for our elections to be you know looked at and our our votes to be considered and blah 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 we were just yelling and all of a sudden the the capitol police start beating his head in and i have a video of it too and all of a sudden there's a big brawl between the boys and the capitol police they started it with the beating i remember that they were spraying and I couldn't get out. And I said to myself, I'm, I can't get out. It's like a sardine can. I'm, I'm like, it's stuck. In, so one of the patriots lifted me up and put me to the side of the wall. So I stayed in the corner um, of the West Tunnel the whole duration of the fight until finally, I was like, I, people are going to say, why did you stay there? Well, I can't get out. So I have pictures of it. And I didn't feel we were doing anything wrong. We simply wanted our voices heard. So then the Capitol Police took a poll. I have a, I have a video of it too, you can see. Took a um, black, their black baton and hit me on the, on the right side of my leg. And I fell into the crowd and got crushed. My shoulders got crushed together. And I said, I can't breathe. And they lifted me up again above the crowd and I floated. You could see there's another picture of everybody piling out. And we're saying to the officers, stop, stop. We're just trying to get out. We're just trying to get out. And I kind of free flowed on top of that. And I guess underneath me is where Roseanne died. That capital, the entrance, which I wasn't aware of until after I got out of jail. Yeah. Yeah. Roseanne Boylan. Um, you know, the yeah. medical examiner tried to say that she died of an overdose, but everybody that was there uh, witnesses that she was beat to death by uh, a Capitol Police officer with a nightstick. And um, any patriot that stepped up to try to stop the beating are now facing charges of assault on a police officer. Yes, the, it was the nightstick. Yes, and I remember them saying, she can't breathe, she can't breathe, and I couldn't breathe either. 
And I didn't, I didn't understand why they kept hitting us. I'm like, why are you doing this? You're police. I thought for sure, gosh, they're going to be on our side, you know? And it was like their own little force, like Nancy Pelosi police force. So anyway, I kind of crawl over to the window and I still couldn't barely see. So I kind of stayed by the window and watched the whole time. And I, we pretty much just protest. Somebody gave me a mega. And then all of a sudden, one of the boys said to me, um, we were up by the window. The one was already broken. Um, everybody was excited after that because, and I remember when I was by the window, some guy came up and sprayed me in the eyes again. And I'm saying to myself, did you just see that? I'm like, what is going on? Like people are fighting in the, in the crowd. And the, this guy, Ed, tried to pull somebody off the window ledge. He said he was Antifa. And, there was, and Victoria was screaming. And that's why I realized it was Victoria after. That's Antifa. That's why I don't understand why she got in trouble either. Because she was just trying to stop the guy from breaking a window. Anyway, so the window was broken. And every, all of a sudden, we hear, they just shot and killed a girl. They just shot and killed a girl. Gina, go inside and tell the boys they need to leave now. And I went inside. And I looked around and the boys were trying to open the door to go down. And I was just crying. And I said, guys, we got to go. They just shot and killed somebody. They're shooting to kill now. Okay, we cannot be here. It's too dangerous. You need to go. Um, nobody had, seems to know where that recording is. So if they have recordings of everything, I wonder where that is. Real quick for my audience. Um, yes. The girl that they shot was... Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt. Yes. Uh, Victoria that you mentioned, that's Victoria White. And there's been video of her getting senselessly beaten by uh, numerous officers in the yeah. front corner of the uh, the tunnel. And the boys that you're referencing, are those uh, proud boys? No, boys, a patriot boy. I, I know my sister goes, why do you always say the boys? I think of the boys even like the older men, just the patriot. M- men in general. That's just for clarification. That's why I was asking. So, I didn't. So, so I'm just like I. I wanted to go in because I was so full of. I had so much um, adrenaline, and I went in. And I begged the boys, and the couple of those boys that I looked in their faces, I have not seen them arrested. Okay, one was smoking a cigarette inside and crying, and he and he's like kind of breaking up some of the furniture. He's like, "No, we're going in. This isn't right. Trump didn't mean it." I go, "No, Trump said on the tweet." All patriots need to go home now. He goes, no, he always says stuff he doesn't mean. And so I proceeded to come back out the window and I'm like, we need Americans. Come on, guys. Like, come in. Let's talk to them. They're they're not leaving. They were going to camp out there, they said, in that room. Okay. That is why I said we need gas masks. We need strong, angry patriots. We need weapons for protection. Our boys don't want to leave. So I come back out the window and I couldn't really go anywhere because I couldn't see at that point. So I'm standing there and just watching everything go down. And then all of a sudden they're gassing us again. And the third round of gas. And I just knew we got to go. We got to go. We got to get out of here. It was starting to get dark. So as I'm going, walking down from the window, I couldn't see. And people kind of helped me because I was, I couldn't see. So I walked down to the very bottom and there was no Ubers. They, they shut down all the Uber service. And it's funny. I just met somebody on Instagram last week because I unblocked my messages and it was the sweet, kind Christian man. He did not go into the Capitol. He was only on the bottom of the street, helped me and said, do you want me to take you to your hotel? Just come with me to go get my car. And I said, yes. 
so he helped me because I couldn't really see. He drove me to the Hampton Inn where I stayed. I went into my hotel and I had all my pictures and I proceeded to call InfoWars and I said, listen, I was there, I saw everything. They shot and killed the girl. I have all the, the videos. So the cameraman from InfoWars came over to my place and downloaded all the videos that I gave him. I took an Uber to the airport. And as I was in the airport, I remember seeing my girlfriend crying, Megan. I said, what's wrong? Apparently she stole a baseball from Nancy Pelosi's desk and her picture was on the FBI Most Wanted. Her friend went back to the to DC because he was staying an extra day and took back the baseball. So she returned it and she was crying. She's like, I can't really talk. So what I understood is she flew back the following day with her attorney. So I go back to work and all of a sudden I start getting harassed again. Now, let me get, take you guys back to December before. In December, I went to an outside protest to open up the businesses that they were closing down. Even healthy people, they were saying, you can't go to work. We went and we protested at a park. Somebody came in front of the health director's house. We, we would march up there and march back. Somebody came up to me and said, see you next Tuesday, get out of my neighborhood. Poked me with her nail, coughed all over me. And you know, you don't do that to somebody, an Italian woman, okay, who's not bothering anybody, all right? I'm just simply practicing my first amendment rights, okay? Now remember, this is before January 6th. So my dog, Lolly, was with me and the guy, they started to follow me. As they followed me, the husband tripped on my dog's leash and fell on my dog, okay? And she starts screaming and crying. I was so upset. Now, the reason I got so upset, my dog had been stolen by looters and she was gone for three weeks and the LAPD found her in a, in a hotel room in Vegas wandering around, okay? So this is why I just getting over this. I don't want my dogs to be in danger. And, and so this girl starts following me. What did you say? What did you call me? I said, I didn't call you anything. And I'm thinking, why is she thinking I'm calling her something like that? She, it's a girl. Is there anything wrong, wrong with wanting freedom? Is there anything wrong with not wanting a, a lock? And the whole time she had recorded me, okay? From there, I woke up the next day. I was viral on the, I was in TMZ two nights in a row. They destroyed my business page. And I called TMZ, go, please let me give you the story, the whole story. I'm not a homophobe. I was very upset. They stepped on my dog. Nobody would hear my story. So from December, January, I was tortured, tortured by the LGBT community. I had death threats. I had snuff pictures of dead bodies. I get roaches in the mail. They said they're going to pick it outside my salon, which they didn't. They destroyed every single, like if you Google Gina's eyelashes and skincare, I had to change it to Gigi lash up. They went on uh, Travelocity, they go on Yelp, they go on Google and say the most terrible, disgusting things about me and my business. And that's when my business started to decline. And that's when I felt even more like I wanted to, to start, you know, standing up for the American people because to me, the lockdowns were just unjust. And so that's why another reason I was at the Capitol. So because of the LGBT community, the FBI received over 25 tips, okay, from the LGBT community. Not because I hurt anybody at the Capitol, not because I bought a weapon, not because 
of anything, okay? I didn't break anything, I didn't steal anything because the LGBT community had a vendetta against me, okay? So people are like, you're getting arrested, get your orange juice ready. They'd call me all day long. I refuse to change my phone number because I need it for my business purposes. I've had it for 20 years. So I'm like, oh God, my friend's like, you're not going to jail. You didn't do anything. And I'm like, I don't know. I was scared. I was getting calls 24 seven. They go, we've called the FBI. We called the FBI. So all of a sudden I have my student here. Um, I said to her, do you want to sleep on my couch? Because I was a little nervous. Like I was getting scared from the death threats. So she did in that night, I'll never forget, four in the morning, bang, 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 or that morning. She goes, Gina, FBI's at the door. She comes in my room. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, don't answer it. Don't because I remember somebody telling me at the FBI, don't I'm like, okay, don't answer it. So I didn't answer. And they, and they go, Gina, if you don't open the door, we're gonna break it down. So I did have my gun on the side of the my dresser and I opened the door. They came in, handcuffed me, took all my jewelry off, went in my safe, took pictures of my gun, and they were actually nice to me. They looked like regular men, American, you know, right-wing men. They did, they didn't look like lefty weirdos at all. And they were asking me everything that happened, and I said, basically, what I just told you, and that way the cops beat me with a bat and fell in the crowd, and. Then they kept showing me pictures. Do you know this guy? Do you know this guy? Somebody had asked me in the crowd, what's your name and your Instagram and, and where are you from? And I'm like, I'm Gina Bisignano, I'm from Beverly Hills. That ended up going all over the place, viral. I didn't know that it was gonna go viral, you know? Yeah, the cops were asking me everything and showing me pictures, who's this, who's this? I'm like, I don't know. They assumed I knew everybody. Then the guy with the pants falling down, who broke, up, broke the window that I was next to, they go, did you know him? And I go, no, I don't know him. And they go, and they show me my Yelp page, and they put all these pictures of me at the Capitol up on my Yelp page, and they were showing me, you know, my business page. And I, they said, and I cried. I said, am I going to lose everything? And they go, Gina, just tell the truth. All you have to do is tell the truth, and everything will go back to normal. And I, I never forget that. So they booked me in the jail, and there I see Dr. Simone Gold and John Strand there. And I had actually kind of connected them. And I was crying and they were visibly upset and shaken. I then got booked in and it was finally time for me to meet with the, with the judge because you're not supposed to go to jail until the judge decides, right? So I remember watching Dr. Simone in the cubby next to me with John in the cubby next to her so we could all see each other. And I remember watching her trial and she had an attorney present and they're like, oh, Miss Dr. Simone's a, a, a attorney and a doctor. And I was like, wow, she's got all these credentials, you know? And then they came over to me and I remember a very hostile male prosecutor saying, she's a danger to society. And he puts a gun up on the screen. Like I bought a gun with me. She's got this gun and it's not registered. Well, it was registered to a police officer. That's the reason why the FBI kept it there. Cause that, it was registered to a police officer. He just hadn't had the time to transfer it over, so I never took it to the gun range until he did. So I just kept it in my safe, so it was never fired. And she was calling for weapons, and I'm going, this guy's nuts. Like, this isn't true. I didn't even remember calling for weapons. I don't even remember that. And the judge said, and I'll never forget this, Joe. 
the LA judge, I don't remember his name, I wish I did. He said, it seems to me, counselor, you're using Ms. Bisignano as an example. And I go, yeah, like this is insane, right? So he granted me $200,000 bail, okay? Because of all the charges, he had like 10 charges against me. And I went home, I had people around the courthouse, the, the uh, KKLA, KTLA, my friends were waiting there to drive me back to my house. I went back into my house. I was in shock. I didn't want my son to know what happened because I don't like him getting in the middle. I don't want him to be attacked the way I am. So I stayed home by myself and all of a sudden my friends start piling over. They got, they heard it on the news and they were scared. One girl came over. I did not want her to, but she offered help. Her name was Narosha Peltier. She's like, let me take you, and it was very kind, let me take you in the morning to go pay your bail. Because I said, I have to go pay this bail. Let me try to get you an attorney. Everybody wanted like 100000 up front or 150000 Nobody wanted to touch us, okay? But I remember talking to an attorney with her, and she said, one day this is going to turn around. This is going to be it. One of your proudest accomplishments. I'm like, what? You know, I'm like, what? Remember that attorney saying to me, I'm like, wow. Oh accomplishments or anyway so she was trying to find me an attorney and the next day we're talking to Craig and we're like okay we're driving up to the courthouse and I couldn't talk I was still in shock okay she's like Craig she's like we're driving Gina to go pay the bail he's like they might revoke it and I remember putting it out of my head going I'm not gonna revoke my bail he goes if they do there's nothing I can do because I don't have any jurisdiction over Washington and I go and I'm thinking they revoked me I don't think so. So I go and I get the check for 20000 I go to the bank. I give Narosha, you know, I didn't give her anything yet, but this is the check for the $200,000 bail. So we drove up to the Twin Towers. We go up to uh, the federal marshals where they were. They said, go up into this room. Um, so we went upstairs. All of a sudden, I go to pay the bail and two guys go, well, surprise. We're taking you in. The judge, the judge uh, magistrate revoked your bail. And I looked at my friends and I remember I gave her my jewelry. I gave her my debit card, told her, please call my son, tell him I'm arrested. Um, I gave her my car keys. So she went home and told my son, told my sister. I was from that day on, I was in solitary confinement. That girl that helped me at that moment, another girl, she actually voted for Biden. Another girl got together with her that got jealous of me because she saw me in a picture with a guy she liked at the Capitol and told the girl I gave her COVID. And this girl was always sick from COVID. So the girl was supposed to help me, went around and stole my valuables, unloaded my salon, left the crap out by the garbage. The city took it, handed in my keys. My salon was already paid for two months up front. Okay, so I would have been fine. So she got butt hurt thinking I gave her COVID and I wasn't there to, to defend myself. So she went and turned on me, called the FBI, told them I was plotting to kill Joe Biden. So I found this out through the FBI and through the attorneys. Um, all these girls were plotting to hurt me. And I'm in solitary, couldn't talk to anybody. I had no medication. Finally, I see some guy outside like flagging me down very sweet guy when everybody else was saying show us some skin you know when you look from your window you see the boys playing basketball he's waving to me waving to me I go back down he hears nine north and my celly goes the guy somebody's calling nine north open up let's open up 
So she starts opening up the toilet with the sponge. And she goes, Gina, Gina, the guy outside, he wants to talk to you. His name is Daniel, which is funny because I was reading the book of Daniel. That's all I did was read my, my Bible 24-7. They gave me a ripped up Bible. That's all I did. Daniel's like, Gina, how can I help you? I know I've been in solitary because of COVID. I don't know. Can you please call my sister? So Daniel, the guy in the toilet that was in the other cell, said, I'll call your sister. I go, please tell my son to get all my valuables out of my room. My valuables are in there. Take my safe, take it to his dad's. I'm just giving him all these instructions. My son did end up salvaging my safe, my Rolex. Um, but my valuables, people took and were gonna give money to my son, but they only gave me, say, 10,000 for my watch when it was worth 30,000. And 4,000 for my bracelet when it was a lot worth 20,000. You know, I, I had some high ticket items that I had worked very hard for, never handed anything in my life. Broke my back 12 hours a day. And I was, they were, they were heirlooms I was gonna pass down, so they're gone. Um, I was in solitary, I was shaking. My, my celly was like, we need a doctor in here because I would start to shake. And I told the guy, I'm losing my mind. He goes, just calm down. I'm gonna give you a video cassette to listen to. You're, this'll calm you down. And I started like to itch because there was no moisturizer. So I was literally scratched, bruised all up. Listening to this videotape and I remember calming down a little bit when it said, envision your dog sleeping above your head, your loyal animal. And I was, that kind of got me into a, a better mindset. And then um, they gave me a ripped up Bible. So that was helpful. But that guy in the toilet was pretty much getting the word out. So the reason I was not able to use the phone is because the pay phones have to register your name, Gina Bisniano. This pay phone never did. So the one chance, one of the officers let me use the phone. It didn't register my, my voice. So finally, after a month, I was able to go out. I was able to call my son, call my sister, my brother. They were all so, my son was totally cool. He goes, mom, you're like a dog swimming upstream. You'll, you'll, it's okay, we'll work it out. Don't worry, I'm here for you, mama. My sister's like, are you crazy? Oh my God, are you mentally ill? My, my brother's like, you've done it now. Even Judge Joe Brown is like, your sister's done it now. She's hit the big time. My, my brother's like, you're in a lot of trouble, Gina people are, they don't even want to take your case. And I was just devastated. He goes, well, you got that 100K. Just think, consider that gone. You got to use that for, which was crazy because I had saved 180,000. And for the two years I've been on house arrest, that money has carried me through. I don't have any money left now. But I'm saying I bought my mom a house, okay? So that money that I had in my stock market, that carried me through, okay? And now I'm like nothing. You know, I have nothing left. I'm negative because of all the costs that it's been costing me between attorney's fees, trying to keep my head above water. Like I'm barely making money because the media went down on me so hard and they showed the FBI raid my house. None of my clients wanted to even talk to me anymore. I um, was in jail and I, I finally, after a month, my family hired an attorney with my money the cheapest one, he was a criminal attorney, Charles Peruto, that just got her um, cousin a light sentence of five years and he was released, but he was supposed to get 30 years. So, that, you know, they got me a criminal attorney. They, they didn't realize that I needed a constitutional attorney. So I even had that attorney for a month who was paid for and he still didn't stop my extradition. So 
still didn't talk to him never heard one thing from him did receive a letter and the letter said this is charles peruto if you don't want me to defend you let me know if you broke stole destroyed anything hurt anybody you're in a lot of trouble and and then he said to me and the letter made me sick even sicker than i was this was to be my attorney it was not reassuring at all Anyway, I'm like, well, I didn't break anything. I didn't hurt anything, any, anybody. I didn't have any weapons, so I think I'll be okay, I hope, you know? So I'm thinking, finally, they let me out after a month into regular population, and I was sitting at the table with all the girls. They kind of bullied me, but I did their facials and extractions. I just wanted the people to be nice to me, so I just gave service to all the, the cell people, the jail girls, jail girls. And a girl would say, we saw you on the news. I'm like, please, if you see me on the news, don't tell me. I'm just getting anxiety, please. They go, they say you're going to face up to 30 years. I'm like, and I, another panic attack. So I'm thinking I'm not getting out for 30 years, right? All of a sudden, they gave me another cell block to share with my other, my, my prior cellie, who is the Seth. So we had a room and we were up on the other side. So we were no longer in solitary. Okay. I went to a Bible study. I would follow the girls around to each Bible study. And I remember go walking outside on the, you know, where the basketball court was with the girls and just getting to know the girls and thinking, I better get used to it. I'm not getting out. But I was in a constant state of shock. I could not eat. I lost 20 pounds. I was sick as a dog. And then I went with this older lady telling me how she lost everything. And she goes, now, if you talk about your case again, we can't do this Bible study because I was constantly talking over and over again. But she did a Bible study. And I remember that night, Psalm 91, I really leaned close to that, how God will send his mighty angels to lift you up so that you don't scuff your foot upon the stone. So I remember that really giving me a, a feeling of secure, giving me security. And... I remember sleeping and I heard bang, 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 Bisignano. And I'm like, yeah. And my cellie goes, you might be going home. I'm like, oh, they hired that big time attorney. Maybe I'm going home, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is great. This is great. And I remember them taking me with the chains and walking and I was in like this cafeteria and hearing this lady pastor because the lady pastors can preach to the ladies. And I remember saying, well, maybe I can do that. Like I was feeling so blessed. And all of a sudden, I go into another metal room, and I talk to this U.S. Marshal, and I go, am I going home? He goes, Gina, they're going to extradite you. I go, what? He goes, listen, don't be upset. He said, all they're going to do is find out who you are, what you did. It, it, like you said, you didn't do anything. Don't worry. This is just um, what they do, okay? A process of an elimination. This is okay. Be happy. This is close for you to getting out of here. You've been extradited to meet the judge. I'm like, okay, so... I then go into a bus with my chains and there was fights in the bus with this, I think he was a killer. He had like one eye and he was shaking the bus and fighting with the U.S. Marshal and I'm like scared and I'm just in the bus, dry and thirsty and shaking and looking at all these criminals. We drove, I guess, to San Diego. We got out. Yeah, it was like a six, whatever we did, we drove for like six hours. I, I, I don't even know if it was San Diego. I just remember it was forever. And San Diego is only two hours. So anyway, um, I got out and I see this airplane, two airplanes, okay? And they marched me and this other girl over to the airplane on the left. And then the guys went to the other airplane. 
and I get up on the airplane, I couldn't take any of my papers, any of my papers they threw away. So I had nothing on me. I go up and I'm sitting in the airplane and there was another girl on the airplane and all the US Marshals were on the airplane and I'm crying and they're like, you shouldn't have gone there. Why did you do that though? Why? You should have turned around. So they were not, they were kind of nice, you know? So the girl sitting next to me goes, look, I just ran 10 kilos of heroin over the border. I was a mule. I told them the truth. I prayed to God. They told them we were in desperate need of money for my family. Um, I only got 14 months. She said, now that's an unheard of sentence that you have to tell the truth and just pray, Gina. Don't give up, okay? They're going to let you out on bail. Do not give up. Because I was ready to give up. Like, honestly, I, I couldn't even breathe anymore. And she goes, everything's going to work out in your favor. You'll see. She was like an angel. And I thought when I saw the plan land, I'm like, I'm going to go with Stephanie. But Stephanie got off in Texas. And I'll never forget her. I don't know how to get in touch with her. I don't know if I ever will. But she was definitely an angel. And so from there, they let me off freezing cold um, in Oklahoma. Okay. And they let me out in the, you know, with my chains. I got off the plane. I go into this garage looking county jail and they start testing me for COVID with all these other prisoners. I was the only girl. And then they changed me, put my outfit on, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> they give me a mattress. I drag the mattress over. They unlocked my chains. I go and all the girls are like, fresh meat, fresh meat. Now this is in Oklahoma, Grady County. There's about 80 girls in one room, bunk beds everywhere. I'm like, oh God. So I get out and I'm like saying hi. By this time, I'm like used to talking to, you know, the girls and I'm not as afraid. And I'm an Oki, you know? So they're like, here, here, my name is Jeannie. I'm in here for assault against a police officer. My name is Whitney. I burnt my boyfriend's house down by accident. What can we get you? There's an extra shirt, an extra blanket. I was freezing. Okay. So all of a sudden, when I started to get comfortable, Bisignano, you got COVID. Well, all the girls go, ah, they start screaming. I went up to the front, which was funny. I got COVID when I already had COVID, right? And I tested negative in Los Angeles. So I go and they put me in a solitary room, but this time it's a room with a payphone and a shower and a microwave and a TV. And one of the marshals, U.S. Marshal goes, what you in here for? I said, well, I protested at the Capitol. He goes, that's ridiculous. I can't believe them locking you up for that's ridiculous Chris you know why they're locking up they, they locked her up because she was posted she's a great American patriot and they go here in Okie we don't lack liberals right and we think this room would be better for being with a bunch of girls anyway so I was then in that room what happened was that room flooded that night because a crazy person flooded their sink next to me so I had to stay up on my bunk bed freezing cold flooded um, snowing outside. I was there for about three weeks. And then finally I was let out into regular population after that torturous time in, in that metal room, which wasn't as bad as LA. Because again, I had a phone. I was making all my phone calls and my sister was freaking out. She was more upset than I was. She couldn't sleep for nights. 
because the way they made her feel to the other people and the attorneys and she was so afraid for me she actually had to not answer her phone for four days because she couldn't handle what i was going through i know this highfalutin attorney finally i hear okay you're going to be meeting with the judge my sister tells me and they kept saying this and it kept getting postponed right so finally they're like oh friday meet with the judge i'm like yeah right so finally it happened Bisignano. they called me and i got up in the morning I went to walk into this room with a video. I sat with the U.S. Marshal, and there was my attorney in one corner. The prosecutor, I noticed this time, was a girl. I felt a lot better when I looked at her. She looked like she had empathy. And then I see this very astute-looking, handsome judge. Okay, and here I am, very tiny by then, lost tons of weight, shaking, visibly shaking, all chained up. And I guess everybody from my town too logged on to this call, which I didn't know about. But I remember him saying, that was a terrible thing for you to say. Strong, angry patriots, that was terrible. But he, he did, did let me out on my own recognizance this time. And my attorney was, oh, don't worry, Your Honor. She's just drinking the Kool-Aid. And all of a sudden he comes up with this whole story. Um, Your Honor, my, my client's gonna pack up her salon and move in with her brother in Philadelphia. And, um, and I already arranged it and I'm going, I am not moving in with my, I can't believe this attorney is arranging this. Okay. The judge was like, okay, we're going to let her out on her own recognizance, which I was shocked. You'll be fitted with an ankle monitor and you'll be on house arrest for the remainder, waiting for the trial. So they let me out and I had nowhere to go. The attorney did not speak one word to me afterwards. Nobody gave me anything. And, so they were filing, doing my paperwork, and I called my friend Kenny, and my friend Kenny goes, I'm going to go on Facebook and see if there's any patriots in Oklahoma that would help you. So I remember he reached out to this awesome lady, Margaret, who then reached out to Rachel Trevino, who I'm still friends with, and Bonnie Fortino, Fontina or something. I don't know. Bonnie, excuse me if I messed up your last name. Well, Rachel waited outside the jailhouse, and she got the message for six hours, and she was pregnant to help me. Okay, she picked me up, took me to an AM PM. I got a Diet Coke. I went back to her farm. Her husband was there. She was pregnant. Her dad and her mom. They wanted to make me some hot food. I couldn't eat. I just needed water. And they were like, "You are a true American. Like you stood up for something." When all these people, all they do is say, "Oh, we need to do something about it." Well, finally, people did do something about it. Do not be ashamed of yourself. And this is a, now I'm hearing different. I'm like, what, really? And so from there, Rachel drove me to Miss Bonnie's. Uh, they gave me warm socks and clean clothes, and I was able to take a bath. And that poor woman, all I did was pace back and forth. My sister wasn't good for me to talk to because she was more upset than I was. Um, my son, I got in touch with him. He was able to send my driver's license and a plane ticket. And. I didn't get the driver's license. I was in Oklahoma for 10 days. So I didn't ride home until March. I got arrested January 16th. So Miss Bonnie had to wait for the driver's license to come in the mail because the Oklahoma uh, weather. And then when I got it, Miss Bonnie took me to the airport. By the way, she counseled me, took me to church. Even Pastor Matthew said, uh, you're a hero. And I'm like, what? This is such a different way because I was put down for so long telling me how bad I was and here I hear these patriots saying it was a patriotic thing 
and it was making giving me a little bit more strength but i still didn't understand how i could be here you know i was like what are they so anyway pastor matthew it was it, i finally able to go to the airport and when i got to the airport bonnie goes i'm going to walk you in well little did i know i was now a domestic terrorist so um bonnie let me in and it took me an hour to get through security then after that i had to go through regular security so more than an hour probably you know and a half two hours i made my plane and then i get off the plane and i did a connecting flight and there again i had to miss the flight because of the interrogation before i getting on the plane because now i'm legal with domestic terrorists so i had to wait in the airport for the day get on another flight my son picked me up in the jeep in LA when i landed in LA i'll never forget my son's smile and i cried and i'm like derek they're telling me i have to move and i don't want to move like they can't they can't just have me pack up and move i don't i don't have a license in philadelphia i can't work and my brother's like you're not living here i don't know why the attorney said that you're not moving in here and i'm like oh my god i go i'm not moving i get back to my apartment half of my salon stuff was in my apartment i'm like where's the rest of it he goes gina mom that was supposed to be helping went and got a coffee when we were unloading your salon in the city took it great i look on my wall my valuables are gone the girl took all my valuables out of my room saying she's going to protect it well she took it and kept it and sold it so i go into this apartment a mess um i and i stayed here and the neighbor knocked on the door and my son had to go to work. I did not want him being involved in it because I did not want him to go through. I'm trying to protect him as much as I can. The neighbor goes, "We got to get you up. We got to start cleaning this apartment and sorting everything out." Well, she set it up so there was a salon bed in my apartment, but I I still couldn't move. I couldn't move or work for like a month. So, during that time, I got my client list and I was like pretty much begging everybody, "Please come back." nobody that i would say 60% of the people shuns me and 40% of the people started coming back um so i was working out of my salon and um they fit me for my ankle monitor even oxycodone is like when am i going to take this off of you i go back home and i say to my attorney i don't want to move because well there's a possibility you might not have to move and i go chuck i can't move to philadelphia I've had my business here for 22 years. My son is here trying to make it as a musician. He's my only family. The rest of my family is dysfunctional. Like I don't leave my son. My church is here, my church community. So finally, he petitioned the judge and explained to the judge um why I couldn't move and the judge allowed me to stay. I was happy. And then he's like, "You got to sign a plea deal." my attorney's like they have you on video everything you did you, you you did everything on social media if it wasn't for social media you wouldn't have been convicted of anything um they're saying you were trying to stop an election proceeding we need you to do this plea deal to see this is all he knows is plea deals because he works with criminals i found this out later his motto is if you're guilty call me okay and i was so afraid of him and i tried to explain what happened he goes hold on hold on hold on my name isn't bozo the clown don't try to bullshit me you did what you did i go chuck i swear to you i went there protesting okay because yeah well your friend killed a cop i'm like my friend killed a cop so what happened was i guess dj rodriguez tasered the fatone and they thought i was part of that 
that's why they revoked my bail because they saw me on video going, hey, DJ, we made it, we made it, we broke, we broke, we broke in. I'm saying that on video, okay, at the Capitol. It wasn't breaking in, we just got in. I just said that because I was nervous, you know, I'm like, so they're about talking. So I'm like, I never- It's actually, it's actually been shown on video that Fanon did not have any taser marks on the back of his neck like he claimed. Okay, he's a liar. And, and I'll tell you more about that. So, and I'm thinking DJ would never do that. So now DJ's in Huffington Post. And my friend said, my sister said, Gina Paparazzi's gonna be all around you in Huffington Post. And I read it and they tried to put me in with him. And we were just acquaintances. I didn't go there with him, you know? So I'm in my apartment and I, he goes, you have to go to, back to DC. And I'm like, I, I flew back and forth to DC twice with my own money, okay? I stayed in my own hotel rooms. He's like, you're going to be a defendant, a cooperate. you're going to cooperate. And I'm like, okay, anything I can do. So by cooperating, and of course, you got to remember though, my mind is so broken. You don't know where I'm at at this time. I've lost my career. I've lost my animals. I've lost my belongings. I've lost my business. I've lost my dignity. So I fly back to LA to, to, to Washington and I sit at a table for four hours where they're asking me questions. There's nothing to ask me. Everything I'm telling you is everything I told everybody. We went there, we, we wanted to stop the steal. Um, we were protesting and then the cops started beating us up. Then we went, I went through the window. I asked the boys to get out because that's when they shot and killed somebody, you know? And the only information I had was pictures that DJ asked to have. That's it, because he came over afterwards, DJ and Jeff. So they tried to put me together with him. They actually, the FBI was, some of them were so nice to me, I have to say. And Kim, the prosecutor, I was nice to her. And I'm like, I'm so sorry for everything I did. I'm not going to be into politics anymore. Kim, I remember Kim going, it's okay, Gina. You know, you could still be into politics. But I was so broken down. And I just didn't want to be, you know. And I remember standing in front of the judge. He goes, okay, nobody's making you plead guilty. And I said, no, your honor. And he goes, okay, well, you're going to be a felon. You have a $2,000 restitution fee. And um, you sure you want to plead guilty? And I said, yes, your honor. And he said, your honor? He goes, yes, Miss Bisignano. And I go, I'm sorry. I just started crying. And he goes, thank you. So anyway, the plea deal is written up. I went back home and I couldn't sign it. I just didn't feel right. And finally, he's like, if you don't sign that damn plea agreement, you're not getting it. You're going back to jail. And I'm like, I'm still not signing it. You have one day, Gina, and the secretary, if you don't sign it. So finally I signed it. I didn't even look at it, I promise you. I didn't, because I know I didn't do what they said I did. I was just trying to float through this and I figured my attorney had it all. I was too mentally, I couldn't even look at anything, okay? I couldn't even eat. I couldn't even breathe. Because of... Anyway, so then I started listening to the prisoner's record chat because I remember calling Jenna Ryan when he was like, you cannot talk to any of the capital people. So I, nobody would talk to me. People looked at me in the, the town and sh shook their head at me. The courier was writing about me every day saying she's out on, she's a danger to society. She's out on house arrest now. Yeah, they were, the daily paper would write about me. Finally, clients started trickling back, you know, little by little. And I started listening to the prisoner's record and I started to get mentally 
stronger. I started to get back to myself. I started to think clearly, okay? I called my attorney up and I said, 1512, that charge that judge is got is looking at with Jake, I want to take back my plea deal. And he goes, well, yeah, you can't. And so, and I argued with him. And then a little bit later, he goes, okay, we'll do it. And he goes, you know, you might have a good case here because Judge Nichols is the one, he's a tough judge, the worst judge. I go, no, he's not, Chuck. He's nice. I met with him. He's, he, he does not look like an irrational judge. He looks like a judge who is just trying to do his job. Okay. I, I don't sense him. I didn't sense him to be a mean judge at all. Yeah. You're talking about uh, the 1512C charge obstruction yeah. of the official proceeding? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Carl Nichols. I said, I got to take it back because I was under duress and you guys bullied me and I was afraid for my life. Because you said I was getting, I'm going back to jail. And just like he'd say, you better pay me. He, it was supposed to be a certain amount. Then he ended up charging me more. So I had to give him pretty much all my money. Okay. That's what he did. And he took it back. And I said, if you don't take back this plea deal, I'm going to call the bar and tell them, you know, I was under stress and I'm going to get back every dime. And he goes, no problem. I have your back. Which he did. He met with Carl Nichols. And Carl Nichols said, counselor, why would your um, client plead guilty? If she wasn't, he goes, Your Honor, it wasn't her fault. It was my fault because they said known or should have known. So I advised her to do this deal. She did not want to. She's been hounding me now for months to take back this deal. And he goes, Okay, well, in my opinion, Miss Bisignano is not guilty of this 1512 charge. Nothing she did had anything to do with, with the charges. And we will allow her to take back. And Kim goes, well, her plea deal's in breach. And I'm like, good, I can put <laughs> let it be in breach. And I'm just shaking my head. And for the first time, I actually was in front of that judge, shaking my head strong. The, I'm back. I came back. My body, my spirit, I came back. So my last hearing with Judge Nichols was he allowed me to take back the deal. And he said, do you want us to file it now? And, and my attorney said, no, let's wait since it's on appeal. Instead of doing an extra, doing extra steps, we're waiting for the appeals. So they're appealing it. The prosecutor is appealing the 1512. So I'm in right now. I'm trying to build myself back up. My business, it's been hard. I can't afford to get a salon. So I work out of my one bedroom now. I'm back to when I was a single mother and I had nothing, which is fine. And I mean, I had worked very hard. To, to save a nest egg. I'm a single mother. I've never gotten anything from the government. Um, the only time I did is when they gave me a check because they made us close down our places and I received some money, but not much. Pretty much they did bully me because I, they, I would be in a room with the FBI and they'd go, you have to plead guilty, plead guilty, say guilty. And I'm like, but I'm not, I can't. So I would have to leave the room and meet with my attorney. My attorney's like, no, you have to say guilty because it's known or should have known. I'm like, okay. And I remember them showing me the picture where I say, break a window. Like in the crowd, like I said that, break a window. I didn't even know I said that. I think we were so riled up. And so they charged me with breaking the window. Even though I didn't break it, I just said it. Okay. Because then afterwards, Victoria's like, no, 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 we don't break windows. And I realized, yeah, we don't break windows, right? I came to my senses. And so, yeah, I got charged for that window. But Now the, the 1512, uh, you said it's an appeal just to kind of help my audience out here. And December 2nd, 
um, Judge Nichols had overturned a charge on um, one of the J6 defendants. Um, the name is escaping me at the moment. Jake Lang. But um, yeah, it was Jake Lang, but it was someone else. It was another gentleman as well. Okay. <clears throat> but they had overturned the ruling on the 1512C um, for different reasons. And they took it to the appellate court. And mm -hmm. on December 2nd, they um, heard oral arguments on both sides from both the government and uh, the attorneys, the, the U.S. attorneys that were arguing against the 1512C on behalf of Judge Nichols. And right. uh, once they had done their arguments, uh, the appellate court said that they would take a recess to go and assess, and uh, they have not yet put forth a decision on that. Mm -hmm. But that is actually the 1512C2 charge is one of the uh, charges that have been handed out to a lot of January 6th inmates and defendants mm -hmm. um, because it's stating that they were trying to stop the certification of the elections. Mm -hmm. So um, I can go that, a little later into the, the details of mm -hmm. the oral arguments on that, but I just wanted to bring a little clarification forward on that for, for right. my and, and what they did was they put a charge on us that didn't have anything to do with actually what we did. And there's two different um, civil codes. There's 1512 and I think 1506. And one is five years and the other one's like 20 years. They gave us the higher one. So that's yeah, it's 15, kind 12, of... 1512 yeah. holds a, a penalty of up to 25 years. Right. So that's what I'm looking at. And oh, uh, Is yeah. that the only charge that was in your plea deal? No, 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 no. Uh, it was that and six other charges, misdemeanors. Oh, and so uh, aiding and abetting. Okay. Yeah. They, they, I, I, was, I have 11 indictments. What were your, your charges on your indictment? Um, aiding and abetting, trying to stop an election proceeding, violence against a police officer, <laughs> civil disorder. Um, I don't remember the rest, <laughs> but yeah. I didn't have violence against a police officer. I didn't have anything. The cop hit me with a baton. Okay, they were squi squishing us so hard to get out of that, out of the uh, tunnel. We nobody could move. Okay, we were like, let us get out, let us breathe. Yeah. So basically, the LGBT community destroyed my business. I used to have people working for me, and I'm just sitting in my one bedroom, but I'm not asking for anybody to feel sorry for me because you feel sorry for those boys that are still in jail. At least I'm out. I've got my dog back. My other one passed away. I think when she saw it got strong again. I did lose my my son's father who we were close. We had a kid and he hasn't talked to me since January 6th. So I did lose a little bit of my family and that's fine. I still have my son, he stand beside me. And my dad thinks I'm great and my family loves me. So, but my, my ex doesn't want nothing to do with me because he's in the music business and he can't have that name attached to him. And, and that's fine. He was always a little jealous of my love for Trump anyway. Well, we certainly commend you for your love of nation and your strength to, to face this adversity. Um, do you have a give, send, go? I do. So my name is Gina, G-I-N-A, Bisignano, B-I-S-I-G-N-A-N-O. I do have a Gibson go so I could build my life again, possibly afford a salon again, a little one that I can work out of, um, that anything will help. Um, 
fees keep piling up though. My attorney just loves to tack on charges all the time. Finally, I met a civil attorney who's going after now uh, TMZ for that broadcast. So we're suing and um, that's given me hope as well. I might have to go back to jail, Joe, but you know, I am a true American patriot and for my country, I'm not going to sit and plead guilty to stuff that I'm not guilty of. And I was too weak to stand up for myself. And I never had an advocate or anybody standing up for me. Everybody turned their back. So my advocate was prayer, Jesus, and the prisoner's record. And now J6 for Justice and Sing for Freedom. These groups have gotten me back to where I need to be in my head and my strengths. Well, we definitely have your back, Gina. And, um, yeah, we, we will make sure to put the uh, the link to your Give, Send, Go in the description mm-hmm. box for any patriot that could find it in their heart to help out even a little bit. I know it'll go a long way and it'll be used to help restore what the Brandon administration has taken away. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of groups out there that are um, just completely dedicated to helping the J6ers through this tragedy that our country is suffering through at the moment. Yeah. And so I'm very glad to hear that you were able to find those groups because there's still a lot of January 6th victims out there that don't know about the support yeah. that is out there for them. Um, Joe, a lot yeah. of like people get very depressed. One of the boys killed himself. I think two people did. Four they so far. To, that's what I'm saying. That's what they're trying to do to us. But I'm not going to let them break me again. I'm not. I have the Lord on my side now. And when I did that, when I marched and I saw those mutilated baby parts, nothing we did amounts to any anything that they've done to our country and, and to the sanctity of human life. You are a truly amazing soul and a true American patriot, ma'am. And, you know, they can and try you are to... Too. Thank you. They can try to blow out of proportion what might you have said or done that day, but it comes down to the fact that Americans are being persecuted for standing up and doing what they thought was right for their country when just months before BLM and Antifa and other groups literally burnt down our nation, overran federal courthouses, Molotov cocktail police departments, locked people inside of churches and burnt them down with them inside. They stormed the White House and seized it for three days, forcing Trump into a bunker, burnt down St. John's Church. And we had politicians on the street corners with megaphones calling them heroes and asking for people to raise money for their bail and to uh once they go into court federal judges dropped all the charges and said these people were just letting off steam but yet people like yourself and other wholesome americans you know go there to the capitol and use their voice and show up in numbers to say we want to have uh our representatives represent the american people and look at the election results before giving it a stamp of approval and we are all marked as domestic terrorists put on no fly lists and our lives completely destroyed and upended so despite what the lamestream mainstream media might tell the the american people we all know the truth and americans like yourself that were willing to stand up and say We've had enough and we want our representatives to do their job. So by all means, we see you as a hero and it's a true American that is willing to speak up 
and stand out of the crowd to help keep our country great. Joe, may I add something? Absolutely. I looked up Western Journal. A client told me this. Um, there's some that waited for me. I have to give credit to the few that did wait for me. Um, she, she sent me a link and it said, Western Journal, $50 billion worth of damage by Antifa and BLM. $1 million worth of damage to the Capitol from the Patriots. Okay? Yet we're the ones being prosecuted. $50 billion worth of damage and 500 deaths from Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Talking yeah. about injustice? Yeah, those numbers bring it into perspective. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I'm so honored to be on your show and to tell my story and I so appreciate your support and and patriotism to this country and to this cause to help us. Thank you. No, we're all in this together, ma'am. And uh, <laughs> if we can't stand together, then then our nation's already gone. And as Americans, we are known for holding hands with our brothers and sisters in the face of adversity and saying, screw you sucker, this is our country, we will not comply. And that is what we're all about. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience before we go ahead and wrap this up? Well, just that freedom isn't free. And everybody says, oh, we gotta stop this, we gotta stop that. They don't listen to us. The only way they do listen to us is we show up in droves and numbers. I mean, and it's our our First Amendment right, right? To have our government listen to us, not tell us what to do. That's it. I just, I think that Americans need to take a stake. Los Angeles is a very crazy place and uh, very immoral. Yeah, you're out there living in the, in the belly of the beast. You know, we cannot emphasize enough how much we as an Amer as a people need to unify because our voice has power otherwise they would not try to silence us exactly exactly so, thank you once again gina thank um, you and thank you to all you patriots for listening to my story today we look forward to hearing from you again in the future ma'am oh, oh god bless you and a happy new year happy new years as well Hey, don't forget, folks, to check out the description box for the links and references that you would need. Also, you can find the links to all of our sponsors down there to help keep the Sing for Freedom dream alive, keep this podcast running, and uh, help me in my fight for true justice for our January 6th inmates, defendants, and their families. And also help me in my own case. You know, I'm facing 30 years and I can't do it alone, even though I didn't go in the building, which still blows my mind. But... That's the America that we're dealt with right now. MammothNation.com MakeHoneyGreatAgain.com And P2Pprinting.com Are our sponsors. Mammoth Nation uh, Goes up against Amazon And makes sure to Support patriotic Veteran owned businesses Use the promo code of freedom j6 that's freedom the letter j the number six for a 30 percent discount makehoneygreatagain.com use the promo code freedom and that's how they know that i'm the one that sent you and it helps us keep things going and then p2p printing look under the pi anon tab p-i-a-n-o-n pi anon because that's the name i go by online 
and you can get all the Sing for Freedom gear, merchandise that your heart can desire to help make patriotism sexy again. I also want to remind everybody that in the description box you can find a link to drop us a voice message. You want to do your national anthem for Sing for Freedom by audio only? Send us a voice message. If you want to send a message to the J6ers? You can do it that way as well. And also don't forget to check out our website of Sing, the number four, freedom.us. Singforfreedom.us. It's not a .com because I'm not a company. It's not .org because, well, I'm not very organized, but I am an American. So singforfreedom.us. It's the central hub of ways that you can get involved, help out our January 6th defendants with their give, send, goes. I have a very extensive list on the site, and it goes directly to them. We don't touch a penny. Uh, my give, send, go is on there as well, so if you feel so inclined to help me out in this fight to pay for a very expensive lawyer, um, you just find my name, Joseph Thomas, in the list, and uh, it's all deeply appreciated because all of us have limited resources. The federal government, which is destroying our lives, have unlimited resources because as good citizens, we pay our taxes. So check out the website, singforfreedom.us. There's ways that you can get involved in all the different groups. Plus, you can see the videos the Patriots submit for Sing for Freedom of them singing the anthem. You know, we're all about J6 here, helping out our January 6 inmates, defendants, their families, and they need to hear from you. So... We started the Sing for Freedom campaign a year and a half ago, and we sing the national anthem every single night at 9 p.m. to stand in solidarity with them. Because they sing the national anthem every single night from their cells, and when they get to the point in the song where it says that our flag is still there, they scream it from the top of their lungs because we, the people, are still here. Our voice is still here, and their patriotic love of nation is still there because our flag is still there. Even though it is this nation that is currently persecuting, prosecuting, and discriminating against them, they understand that their love of nation, the great experiment of the United States of America. Our Republic is much greater than a single administration. Brandon ain't got nothing on we the people. So let's hear from you. In the description box, you're going to see a link where you can send in a voice message. Send me the national anthem. Send me some words of encouragement and love for those that have stood up for this nation. Show them the American exceptionalism that is within your heart because they need to know that they are not standing alone. Also, you can submit videos of you singing the anthem online and use the hashtag sing the number four freedom. And if you want to get involved, come check out our website because it is a central hub of where patriots need to be to stand with our J6ers. And that is sing the number four freedom.us because we're not a company, we're not a dot org, we're Americans. And it's going to stay that way.